Value plus labor equals fruit, as we'll see next, here on Times of Refreshing. To be sure, our obedience is based upon a desire to please the one who has redeemed us. It is a unique symbiotic relationship that is born in and steeped in and maintained by love. Well, as we'll see today in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19, that value plus labor, our labor, equals fruit. The fruit from our labor is the subject of our time today, here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us again, Philippians 1, verse 19. Here now is Pastor Napoleon. He says here in verse 21, he says, for me to live is Christ. He says that to die is gain, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean... If I live on in the flesh, flesh, this will mean fruit. Somebody say fruit. And this is the issue here. As you're alive on this planet, as you're living for God, as you're going through your life, realize what you're doing in this moment, not later, but right now as you're walking with God. All of us should have it in our mind that I'm living for Christ. I'm here for Christ. He says, and what I'm doing, it means fruit from my labor. It means it's going to profit and bless, and not only for me, but for other people. We have to see that as part of our life. I'm alive that I might bear some fruit. And so he steps back, and he says here also in verse in, um, in verse 22, he says, yet what I choose, I, shall not, I cannot tell. And he says in verse 23, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, but this is the verse. He says, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful. Somebody say needful. He says it's more needful for you. And I want to just say this to every person under the sound of my voice. Please hear me. So that there is never a question in your mind. Whether you realize it or not, somebody needs you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what people say. Somebody in life, and this is what Paul said. He wasn't waiting for the people to tell them, tell him that they needed him. He was saying, for me to live on, it's more needful. I got something to bless you with. I'm, 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 it's more needful for you if I stay. And I think at some point in time, when people are going through, whether it's in ministry or, or whatever it is, people forget that just on a base, basic level and on a base level, saints, somebody needs you. Somebody needs you to be everything that Jesus ordained for you to be. Somebody's waiting for you to be every, somebody's looking for you. And I think sometimes in life we fail to realize that because I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes people don't think they're much of the need in people's lives because, you know what, Pastor, I don't have the title. You know, I don't have the position. You know, I don't have this. I don't have that. So, you know, you know what, is my, my, what is my little going to do? Or what is my much going to do? I, I mean, nobody really 
really needs me. Who am I? And I think sometimes in life, saints, people fail to realize that you, little old you, possibly no titles, possibly not a lot of money, possibly, you know, not the the most well-educated person, possibly grown up in dysfunction, possibly had a divorce, possibly had issues growing up, possibly have just got out of prison. Though no matter what anyone says, at the end of the day, God puts his hand upon you. Saints, never forget, you're needed. Somebody needs you. Apostle Paul, he got this revelation. He got it fixed in his mind. He was convinced. He was sure. And he steps out in verse 24. He says, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, we understand that he was an apostle, that he was powerful, that he traveled the known world and preached the gospel, that he saw people raised up. He saw people healed. We saw he saw people delivered. We understand the context of who we're dealing with in terms of who this man was. But let us never forget That it doesn't matter all the things that we see concerning his life and turning, you know, concerning all the things he did. God, in the same way, can just take a little woman who just has a couple widow's mites and use her. That he can use someone like that was a a prostitute, like possible, like the Lord Jesus Christ did with. Mary Magdalene and cast the devil out of people and use them. And he can, he can use whoever he wants to use. But at some point in time, we have to realize that, man, I am needed in life. And unfortunately, saints, we see this problem. We see this issue. And it's something that I want to make sure that we break and that we get it down in our spirit. Because at some point in time, it has to become our revelation. Not just somebody else's revelation about us. Amen? It has to become my revelation. That man, God, he he wants to use me and that I am needed. People need me in life. As he says here, he says, nevertheless, in verse 24, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And then he says in verse 25, and being confident of this, he says, I know that I shall remain He says, and continue with you all for your what? Progress. And then he says, and joy of faith. And so not only did he have the revelation in his mind, in his heart, and in his life that people needed him, which brought a certain sense and level of security in his life, I believe, that caused him to endure all the stuff he went through for the gospel's sake. But we see very clearly here that he also realized that What he was there to do was to help somebody else's progress. And I think for some of us, we have to see this in our own minds. That God wants to use me and other people need me because in some way, I'm going to help their progress in life. I'm going to help their progress. This word progress here, it means advancement. This word in the Greek, it means furtherance. This word is tied to the word benefit. And then I like this, it also means profit. And so in Apostle Paul's mind, it was very clear that, um, that he was to remain, he chose to remain, he realized 
the, the struggle. He understood his relationship with Christ. But then he steps back and he says, I know that I shall remain and continue with you. He says, for your, your progress. How are we helping someone else to advance in their life? And I'm not just talking about, you know, ministerially. You know, a lot of times we just think, well, if, a, if we're helping somebody to do something that we're really helping them to advance. But that's not what true advances, advancement is all about. How are you helping someone else when it comes to advancing in their walk with Christ? The, the joy of the Lord. To develop in peace. To develop in patience. To develop in love. To develop in joy. We're going to see this in joy. How are we helping somebody else to advance and to go in the direction that they should go so that they become mature spiritually? Because it's not just being in a position or getting a title or, or going and doing something for God. At the end of the day, like I said earlier, we're going to stand before God. And who are we? That is the issue. Not just what did we do. Who, who are you now? Well, how are we helping somebody else to advance in this particular area in their life or to progress? We have to see ourselves as individuals that are helping. Every person in this room, now hear me now, you should have somebody that is discipling you and you should be discipling somebody else. You should be getting poured into, but then something should be being poured out of you. Think about that. Why? Because I need somebody else. Somebody else needs me. But do I have the mindset to where I know I am needed and now I'm positioning myself in such a way where I'm helping, I'm progressing while I'm allowing myself to be used to help somebody else progress in life. That's authentic Christianity. And I think for us, we have to stop as a church and realize that, that the church isn't just about this on Sunday mornings, about 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. This is 40-minute message. Sometimes I go a little, I go a little later, but. <laughs> but this is a small part. It's a powerful part. This anointing, God moves. We understand that. But then we get the message. See, being in a training and equipping center is not just so we can sit here and practice on each other all day. Can I have an amen? It's not. A, what's this training and equipping center? Yeah, we're training and equipping center. We're training and equipping you to get up and go touch somebody else. Can I have some an Amen. Whatever it is that God's got for you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be an apostle to go and share your faith on your job. You don't have to be a prophet to lay hands on somebody and, and to give them a scripture and to give them the word. It's, can I have an amen in here? But what happens is we're sitting around realizing that, wait a minute, God wants to use me. I am needed and God wants to... Use me as an instrument to help somebody else progress, advance, their furtherance, their benefit, their profit. We're sitting around and this dynamic should be happening to you, but it also should be happening through you. Churches do not grow because we've had, the primary way in which a church grows is not because we put on another event or another bake sale or chicken feed. 
fish fry. Passing out. Davis, don't get me started, Davis. But you know what I mean? Church grows because, and people get blessed when somebody says, you know what, I'm needed. I'm needed. He's needed, but I'm needed. And I'm needed for the sake of helping somebody else progress and advance. So for their furtherance, for their benefit. I am profit that person. And so it doesn't matter. In my mind, I'm fully convinced. Listen to Apostle Paul. This is what was going through his mind. And it caused him to say, I'm going to stick around. I want to be here because there's fruit from my labor. But this is what I'm able to help somebody else do in their life. But for so many people, you know, God, how can he use me? I'm telling you, saints, he can, will, and wants to use you. Just open your heart and let him do it. But he doesn't stop there. He says in verse 25, And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress. And then watch this. He says, And joy of faith. I think this is another thing that we have to get concerning Apostle Paul's revelation. In his mind, he clearly was convinced that he had the ability through his life, just his existence, to bring joy or rejoicing to somebody else's life. And I think this is one of the things that we have to get back to when we're progressing in God and really trying to mature is that you being in somebody's life in some area, in some way, it should help them to develop a joy of faith. I mean, being around you, it should cause people to be happy about their faith, what they're doing in God, how they're growing, how they're maturing. But this is what Apostle Paul, he established. You know, for sometimes when we're walking with people, and I want to just say this to you all the saints. You know, saints, this isn't, there's no, there's no, um, you know, I, I think, I'm just going to say it to you all. You know, a lot of times we come up with all these programs and you, these five-step programs and four-step programs and, you know, and we create this cookie cutter for how to disciple, how to train people, how to raise them, how to do, and at the end of the day, saints, Sometimes people get so caught up in the program that they don't even enjoy walking, just walking with Jesus. What do I got to do next? Well, you got to go through this. What do I got to do next? Well, I got to go through that. What do I got to do next? We got to go through that. Nah, 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 nah. I got to go prophetic against you. What do I got to do? I got to go over here to the school ministry. What do I got to do? Oh, uh, uh, uh. At some point in time, what people need to do is just sit down and enjoy Jesus. Can I have an amen? All those things are good, but I cannot promise you, I cannot promise you that once you go through the school of ministry, once you go through the prophetic institute, once you go through the deliverance ministry, once you go through this, once you go through I can't promise you that you're going to be perfect and voila, you're going to be ready to be like Apostle Paul. I'm telling you, all those things are good. They're beneficial. We should do those things. But I want everyone to know that it's not until you get into the school of the Spirit that you can really enjoy the joy of your faith. Can I have an amen? When God pulls you to the side and he says, yes, I want you to go to church. I want you to do this. But understand, there's no cookie cutter method. 
I got to put my hand on you. And sometimes I'm going to bring you high. And then sometimes I'm going to bring you low. Tell them, sometimes I'm going to tell you to be quiet. Sometimes I'm going to tell you to speak a little bit. Sometimes I'm going to tell you to sit down. Sometimes I'm going to say, you got to run for six months. But we allow God to take us through the process. Can I have an amen up in here? We allow God. The church provides opportunity. The church provides all this. But what happens is if we don't get it right, people will begin to lose their joy of faith. With Apostle Paul, he understood this. And he knew he was in their life to help them with their joy of faith and that he could provide this. And saints, but we have to be open to being led by the Spirit of God. I want to tell you sometimes as your pastor, you guys have heard me say, sometimes you need to turn off the Christian television and pick up your Bible and read it and stop. Read it. Say, God, here I am. I know what pastor said. I know what she said. I know what he said. I know what my favorite preacher said. But I just want to sit at your feet. But some people, it's, it, it's boring. Because they don't understand the value of it. But what happens is, God, good people... What I'm trying to say is, is through this, this is how you help people to enjoy their walk with Christ and to enjoy and to develop the joy of faith. Because the joy of faith is totally, oh, I love this. The joy of faith is totally tied to your relationship with Christ. No man can give you that. He can help help to establish. But at the end of the day, if the, like Apostle Paul, I'm doing to a help in this area. So that you can develop this. And it's tied to your, your just walk with Christ. It's tied to your walk with Christ. Sometimes Christ is going to have you riding high. But sometimes he brings you low. And then when he's bringing you low, he's still there. But he's still showing you something about him. And it's amazing how you can be going through a valley and still have a smile on your face. Because you know Jesus is still with me down here too. <laughs> Can I have an amen? He's still down here with me. How do you know? Because somebody told me how to get close to him, which in turn is going to help me to keep my, my joy of faith, and no matter whether I'm high or low. And this is a lifestyle that we develop. Well, Apostle Paul was there to help people to get this. Saints, you can do the same thing for somebody else. You can do the same for somebody else in their life. You can do the same thing. Apostle Paul says here, he says, for the joy of faith... And to help you with your, uh, so he said, I know I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Then he says, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you, he says again. Now this is the thing that I love because you'll find out that once you've done this, you've helped people to progress, you've helped them to advance, people understand their need for you, you help them with their joy of faith. At some point in time, as people really get it, it says in verse 26 that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus by my coming to you. He also realized that you have a rejoicing for me, but it's going to be even more abundant to me when I get a chance to spend some time with you, when, I'm, when I come to you. And I think this is the benefit of also, sometimes you're going to walk with people, but if you've done these things, people will turn around and just say thank you. They'll rejoice that you've, you've sown your life, you've helped them to progress, you've been a blessing to them. And obviously, does this complete you? No. But it is, does become abundantly clear in your mind that you have been a blessing. 
But you can never get this if we don't take the first steps. And I think for all of us here as saints, we want people sometimes to tell us what a blessing we were. You know, sometimes they won't. But most people, if you've been a blessing, they'll turn around and say, thank you for how God used you to help me with my faith and my joy of faith and to progress and things of that nature. But if we don't stop and get the first point right, and that is, I'm needed. Then how can we ever see anybody ever ever tell us that we're a blessing right now i said this last week a couple weeks ago churches all over the world are having an identity crisis because we think that our identity is tied to some you know revival or some this or some that when at the end of the day we have to realize that the gospel is more relational than it is institutional It's more relational than it is institutional. First with God and then with each other. But something has to click in our minds, saints. It has to click. Will we say to ourselves, I'm needed for somebody else's progress, for somebody else's joy of faith, and I'm going to keep living to bless somebody and to touch somebody. And Apostle Paul got this revelation, and we see the fruit of his labor. He changed the world. God, through him, is still impacting people. Who would ever thought, saints, and I'm going to close this out, who would ever thought that by him standing up, sitting down, and writing this epistle, that over 2,000 years later, a bald-head preacher from Lompoc, California, would be sitting up here preaching to you guys about his heart and his revelation concerning his, him knowing he was needed and how a simple letter would go all over the world and touch somebody's life. He didn't know. I'm sure he didn't know. Apostle Paul, when you write this, for the next 2,000 years, they're going to be talking about it. So make it good, bro. When's the last time you sent someone a letter to say, thank you, man, for how you poured into my life? When's the last time you sent someone a letter to say, you know what? I want to continue in a relationship with you because I believe that God wants me to be a blessing in your life. When's the last time you looked at a family member or someone that has gotten on your last nerve? And said, you know what? I wasn't going to ask you to come over this year for Christmas. (laughs) Mm, I was praying and fasting on it. I felt the Lord said no. But you know what? You need me. When's the last time? You know, you had a co-worker that you, you don't like. And you sent them just a little email. You know what? Hey, look. I was praying that you would get fired, but I'm asking the Lord to keep you around because you need to be around me. We're going to, let's hang out and talk a little bit. Let's go to lunch. When's the last time? Saints, I'm saying this because that's authentic Christianity. Jesus didn't come down and find everybody that liked him. 
and say, oh, y'all, come on, let's do this. He wouldn't found tax collectors. He wouldn't found heathens. He wouldn't found people that were religious. He even went after the Pharisees and the Sadducees who would listen. And he made himself available because he knew that there was something in him that everybody on the planet needed. And he made himself available. And some of those same people gave their life to Christ, turned around and thanked him. And then turned around, like some of them, and laid down their life for him. Because he was willing to do that. For all of us here in this room, I'm telling you, we've got to get this revelation. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.